Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa Curry-Lowitz, and I'm here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. Today it is Wednesday, July 22nd. How is everyone doing? We have officially passed the four month mark, if you can believe it, of this COVID pandemic. And I know there are a lot of listeners from all over the world tuning in. So I just want to give you all a big virtual podcast audio hug. Okay, it's important to check in with yourself and give yourself some credit and take deep breaths and be here right now listening in your body and feeling yourself. Okay, now would also be a really great time to hit the pause button. (laughs) We've just gotten started. Hit the pause, take a screenshot and share on your social media that you are listening to the show. Give me a tag. It takes two seconds. I love seeing all of your support on Instagram and on Facebook. Some people are tagging on Facebook. So stoked about that. So thank you for doing that. It really means a lot. Okay, super quick check-in on my part before we get into the meat of the show. I personally have had the most insane couple of weeks. I am creating content, you guys. Creating content for my online course. Yes, I'm doing it. I have been hunkered down for like three weeks now, brain dumping, putting my heart and soul down into a course format on how to wake up in your life and make the big shift you've been dying to make. Okay, it's a six week program. My goal is to have the course available for pre-sale at the end of August. So stay tuned for more information on that. In the meantime, I'm just going to be working my little butt off. Uh, over here behind my computer screen. (laughs) So exciting, 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 exciting. Also exciting is my show today. Oh my gosh, my guest is the fabulous, the fabulous, the most fabulous (laughs) Tara Portelli. She is an undergrad in psychology. She trained and worked as a paramedic for nine years and suffered from PTSD and anxiety from this job. Like, wow, I can't even imagine what she saw and went through. So she followed her intuition and her heart, love that, switched careers and became a holistic nutritionist and fitness trainer. Then she went on a trip to Mexico that changed her life forever. And we are going to hear all about this trip. What happens is completely unreal. Tara is an incredible inspiration and wonderful mental health advocate. And trust me, your mind will be blasted with curiosity when you hear what she has to say. Are you ready to dive into our story? I am. Let's get started. Here is Tara Portelli. All right. Hello, Tara. Thank you so much for joining me. Kind of last minute. This was kind of a last minute throw together um, chat. I mean, I've wanted to connect with you for a while, but... We just made it happen like today. So yay. Hi. Hi. Yeah, no, I'm excited. Thanks so much for having me on and I'm excited to chat with you. Amazing. Okay. So you are, where do you live? You're in BC somewhere. I around a lot. Okay. So I just moved to Victoria, BC. Oh, do you love it? It's really cool here. Yeah. I just started my whole life over and, um, 
in Ontario originally and I relocated and sold my house and all my things and whatever fit my car and drove out here and here I am. Is there, is there a juicy story in there that we need to get into? Because that's, I'm really interested in that. <laughs> Why? Yeah, for sure. Um, do you want to get into it now? Um, well, let's, let's start sort of at the beginning. So we've connected over Instagram uh, because we both are actually working with Stay Wild Organics. Yeah. Um, I, we're representing them. You know, everyone use the code ELISA10 for 10% off your <laughs> Stay Wild Organics mushrooms. So... We have kind of a lot in common in the sense that we've overcome a lot of adversity and there's some mental health things in our lives and we've had to reinvent ourselves and start over and our lives have exploded and we've hit rock bottom and made our way out. So I want to start there. Like, let's start at the beginning of that. Okay, so I'll start at the rock bottom? Yeah. Sure, why not? Let's just get right into it. So I, I guess my rock bottom was actually a year ago. I had left my job as a paramedic, which I had for nine years. Um, I was in the midst of starting up my health and wellness business. I write a health and wellness blog and have like a nutrition background and fitness. And, um, and I just didn't really know where my life was going to go. And then I had just got married two years prior, and my marriage was fine, like it was a good marriage, but I think that my partner was just struggling um, with his own stuff, and so, you Mm -hmm. know, being in a relationship, you can't really help somebody else figure out their own stuff, they have to do that on their own, so it just came to a head, and so we ended our marriage, and... And then I was just like a hamster on a wheel trying to keep my life going and just working around the clock and I just got burnt out and I was like, I need a new change and I felt like I had outgrown my life in Ontario and and my growth there as a person and an individual Mm -hmm. and so I felt like I would really thrive out here in the West Coast since everything that I am passionate about is out here, so here I am. Okay. I want to talk about that marriage, though, because you said something that sparked my interest with that it was fine, but you were on separate paths. And I just think that being able to recognize, like, just just throwing this out there, to be able to recognize that you can't help someone on their own journey and you are individuals coming together is kind of what I heard there. And if you're not in an alignment... Was it a hard decision? It was the hardest decision I ever had to make in my life because we didn't have a bad marriage. We were best friends. You know, I think we both genuinely loved each other, but I think it just got to a point where it's like, you know, I felt like I was being held back and not because he Mm. was intending to do that, but just because it's like where we are in our lives, right? We're just not in the same space. And so I chose myself at that point and yeah it was it was challenging but it I mean you learn a lot from it and so um yeah so I've been doing a lot of work on myself since then and I've come a lot of way ways I've changed a lot as a as a person and it's been it's been an interesting growth opportunity what was the moment that you decided I like to ask this question as often as I can, when you have that moment of, I don't know, some people feel that it's 
brave or courage or something, something outside of them that just propels them into that decision? I think my moment where I questioned it was, um, I think it was just I started getting attention from other people and I never really paid attention to that before, but I was paying attention. So that for me was a red flag and I had brought it up in our marriage and I was like, these things are happening, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm enjoying the, like the compliments and all the things. And he was kind of like, well, that's great. You need to hear those things sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, so for me, it was just like, okay, we need to work on, um, but it just, it, it was like, I had never really seen anything else. Cause I always believed in the potential of him as a person. And I just think that I believe so strongly in that. And I held on to that idea that, you know, the moment I was like questioning it was a real red flag for me. And I think that's when everything switched and it didn't matter what kind of work we did because really it's individual work at that point. So, so you talk about a life changing trip to Mexico. When, when was that in the timeline? What is that? And tell me everything. I love life changing trips. Okay. Well, it's a good story. So get ready. Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> so I, so after my, like my divorce, once we split, we, we sold our house and I had relocated and moved. Um, I decided that I needed to do like a self journey. So mm-hmm. I needed to go. I never really traveled alone before. I had like always met up with people or something like that, but I've never had a trip on my own and I felt like I needed that. So I decided to go to Tulum, Mexico. Mm-hmm. And I literally just booked a couple hotels where I was going to be staying, and I wanted to go there just with like an open heart and like letting the trip unfold for me. And that's exactly what I did. And it took me um, onto a beach where then I was taking photos, and then I happened to, you know, catch a glimpse of this kiteboarder doing tricks. And I was taking photos of this person. I didn't know if it was male or female, and then. All of a sudden, um, you know, I sat down because I was like, I feel like these photos are amazing. I really want to connect with this person. And this man, very handsome man, comes strolling in on his board. And we chatted for a minute. And I said, I have these photos. We exchanged emails. And then um, as it turned out, he was he owned a tourism business in Mexico, in Tulum, the downtown. And I was writing, actually, a tourism piece for a magazine so it just kind of fit and then we chatted and he's like I feel like we have a lot in common um because my blog is the nude mushroom mm-hmm. and so he's like mushrooms saved my life and I was like oh this is interesting like I really want to hear about this so he told me the story about how he had you know had these suicide headaches for 25 years and stumbled upon uh psilocybin and um, took one dose of psilocybin and never had another headache again. What's psil- what is that exactly? What's psilocybin? So, psilocybin is the active ingredient in magic mushrooms. Okay. So, yeah. So, he had done a dose of, of psilocybin and had never had another suicide headache again. And that he wow. started to help. Yeah. And he started to help other people. And I had heard about psilocybin because I had listened to some podcasts with Paul Stamets. He's like a very well-renowned like scientist that studies mushrooms, mm-hmm. and um, and I 
I like knew what they were capable of doing for people and I had read some of the studies, but I never really thought that it would ever be something I wanted to apply to my life. Like I can rewind back, but I'd been through some PTSD and some anxiety um, from my job as paramedic. And, um, and I never really thought to treat myself with it when I didn't really realize how, how much it had affected me like long-term, even though you work through it with a therapist, I think that there's always something that leaves, it leaves for you, like constant, like negative self-talk or, you know, your brain just goes down these different paths. Right. So, of course. um, yeah. So, so he, I didn't tell him any reasons of why I was on the journey by myself in Mexico, but he just felt the need to leave me some mushrooms. So I went and picked them up, and I was like, now what am I going to do with these? Like, I'm in Mexico. I'm by myself. What? I'm not usually, I don't usually do any kind of, like, psychedelics. I don't really even touch cannabis. Like, it's not really my thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? I'm in Mexico. I can't travel with these, so I might as well just do them. He's given it to me. Anyway, so I, I ended up um, on this beautiful beach that somebody had told me about, and I told myself that if I didn't feel comfortable doing it there, I wouldn't do it at all, and I went, and it felt like home. Like, I felt like I had found the most, like, most peaceful, like, utopian world. Like, it is so beautiful. Okay. And so I, <laughs> so I was in contact with the mushroom guy. Um, because I didn't know how to dose it. He taught me everything, how to do it. And, uh, so I went through my experience and it really was the most life changing experience I'd ever been through. People say it's mystical in all the studies and it's very true. Like it feels that way. Like if you ever had this idea that there's more to life than we realize, I think that that was a bit of a confirmation for me. Mm -hmm. Um, it just, it gives you this sense of knowing about who you are and where you're supposed to go and um it also it also shows you everything you've been through in your life and the people that you've met and what their purpose was in your life so if you ever you know if you had any like negative feelings it just lets everything go and you just feel this amazing sense of peace and it doesn't go away it's like lasting so the studies show it's like one to three years from one dose well like the effects could last and maybe even beyond that okay what rewind um let's talk about this because like i've done magic mushrooms before like when i was a kid i would do them all the time and they were amazing and i had a fun time i had a couple bad trips never did them again is this like that like what is the is this like that is it the same as when you're you know 17 experimenting no, it's not. It's very different. I mean, I did them too when I was young with friends. And um, when you when you're in a social setting, you're paying attention to everything around you, like you're paying mm-hmm. attention to other people. But when you're by yourself and you're in nature, you're you you're connected to yourself and to nature. So you're thinking it's more introspective. So you actually have the opportunity to look inside of yourself, where you don't do that when you're in a social situation. So it's always been misused. And, like, it obviously dates back, like, however many years, like, into history. The Mayans and the Aztecs used to use it. And, mm-hmm. um, it's really, it's always been part of their spiritual, like, re- religious ceremonies. And the Mexicans used it for forever, like, same thing with mm-hmm. all of their ceremonies. So it's been, 
it's always been considered a very sacred medicine. And I think the reason being is because it does allow you to heal and to connect. So is it something that you're safe? It's safe to do on your own. And I ask this because I've watched, um, I watched the goop, uh, the goop lab with Gwyneth Paltrow on the psychedelics. And I was like, Oh my God, I need to do this. And they were, it, it was my first real um, visual learning of what goes on, but they were like in a very controlled environment with therapists, with people there every step of the way. There was a lot of pain that people, you know, faced and they went deep into their wounds. Um, yeah. Were you afraid of that? Like, is this safe to do on your own? Tell me everything. doing it on their own I guess I was just more I don't know I just dove into it I don't I didn't know how it was gonna go um I didn't I did the therapeutic dose so I knew I wasn't having too much and the way that I dosed it and stuff was like more gradual so it wasn't like here's all the mushrooms and take them all at once it was more gradual so Mm -hmm. yeah I wouldn't recommend doing it on your own um I've witnessed a lot of people go through this therapy now Mm -hmm. um and it, it was very beneficial, but I think I think it's really important to have somebody with you that's not on mushrooms, that's sober, and that can just be there for you because I mean, you don't know what your journey is going to be. It's so individual, so I think it's just important to have somebody there just for safe to be safe. So, so would you like would part would you ever do this with a partner, like with your husband well, and wife? It, yeah. Yeah, I think you could, but again, it's you're not focusing on yourself. It, it's not really what the medicine was meant for. I see. I got you. Okay. Yeah. And then do you feel high? Like I have so many questions like, or is it just this euphoria? I remember like, it's been like a solid 20 years since I've done mushrooms and I feel like I just couldn't stop laughing and it was the most hilarious thing ever. <laughs> is it like, yeah. tell me. Well, I, again, I think that's just the setting, right? Like okay. Like, you're in a party situation and you're just having fun with it. Um, it, it does take you through a bit of a grieving process. So. Okay. Sorry, what was your question? Were you anticipating that? I was just, my question was more like, what does it feel like? Like, do you feel high? But did you yeah. know that you were grieving in the moment? Or I'm asking you too many questions. I should let you just talk. <laughs> you need to deal with comes up for you and it's 
up to you whether you want to do anything with what it shows you. So it's interesting. I don't even know if that makes sense. No, it does. But you said something that hooked me again. What is the dark side? What do you mean? I, I think we all have, we all have something, right? Like it's like maybe the dark side of ourselves that maybe we don't accept, you know, like, that there's something inside of us that we suppress, mm-hmm. maybe something we don't want to show the outside world, mm-hmm. or maybe it's maybe it's something traumatic that's happened to us growing up. Like, it could be anything. There's mm-hmm. so many layers, right? I mean, when you think about your life since you were small until you're an adult, like, you go through so many things, and I think each one of those experience, <clears throat> excuse me, experiences changes you. Um, it changes you and it shapes you and it changes your filters and your perceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, I read this book. It was called The Dark Side of the Light Chasers. Uh, it was the most phenomenal book I ever read. And it was all about how to love yourself and how to accept the gifts that are in your dark side. And, you know, we have a light side and we have a dark side. But it's about the dark side has those gifts that we were meant to bring to the world. And it's about accepting those things about yourself and kind of feeling whole as you know as a person so um so I think that's really what the medicine does for us okay so you have you go to you go to Tulum you meet this man you take these mushrooms you have this experience then what happened like did you just go home and knew like were you like what happened (laughs) they they knew we were on a mushroom high for a little while for a couple days okay you just like love everybody and everything's so amazing and you just like I just hopped on my bike because I was biking everywhere and I just hopped on my bike and I just but I was biking home with my backpack all my mushrooms were gone now <laughs> like <laughs> heading back to my hotel just smiling waving everyone <laughs> and just to go back to the experience when I was on the beach because I must have looked like a crazy person um it it really does bring up so many emotions for you. And it was broad daylight and everyone's partying on the beach. And I'm just sitting there, like just got my head buried in my towel, like bawling my eyes out. And just like, and it's almost like you're having a conversation with somebody. So it's like, I was talking out loud and like, yeah. I know this sounds so crazy, but it was just, it was a really weird experience. But yeah, at the same time, it was like, at the end of it, you just feel like I understand now the first time I ever felt like I truly loved myself because I felt oh. like I was seeing myself in a different way, which was the most, and that's actually something that people can contest to, like anybody who's done it can say the same thing. It just lets go of your ego. You just like see who you really are, you know? It's really cool. That is so great. That is so, okay, so I wanted to try them when I was doing the Goop Lab thing. Or when I watch a Goop Lab. And then now I'm talking to you. I'm like, where do I buy these? Like, how does a regular person that's not in Tulum photographing kite surfers, how do we get our hands on this type of thing? Is it like, do you have to go to a doctor? <laughs> I don't know. Well, okay. So since that experience, I mean, now I feel like there's so many people that I know in my circle that could benefit from using this, this therapy. Yeah. So I've been now involved with an organization called Theraso. So they're an organization based out of Victoria, BC. Sorry, what is, what is it called? I'll link it to the show notes. What is it called? 
Yeah, okay, I'll figure yeah. that out. Cool. I'll talk to you about that after the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so I'm part of Fair Self, and it is a organization that is made up of healthcare practitioners, advocates, lots of passionate people who basically are trying to get an exemption through Section 56, one of the Controlled Drugs and Substances Act. So basically, this is an exemption for pharmacists and practitioners and persons in charge of like hospital licensed dealers yeah, to gotcha. use drugs that have been deemed illegal by the government. Okay. Um, so we're in the process of doing that, and we're doing that on behalf of patients who are in end-of-life distress who may be suffering from a terminal illness. So a lot of times with those types of diagnosis, they end up being like very depressed and struggling with like anxiety and demoralization. And so there's studies that have been done by John Hopkins University in um, New York City, which show that with patients who suffer from terminal cancer diagnosis, that 80% of these patients felt more at peace about their death. They weren't anxious anymore. They weren't feeling depression. So our goal is to get these patients access through this exemption. So that's kind of what we're doing right now. We're working towards advocating for them. So right now it is illegal to take them in Canada is what you're saying. Yes. And lots of other countries as well. America. I have a lot of American listeners. Do you know anything about our friends to the South? Um, So there is some decriminalization going on right now. Um, I believe Colorado and parts of California, they've decriminalized using psilocybin. And I, I know Oregon is kind of in the, in the midst of doing a bit of a campaign to legalize it as well. So it's kind of on the same trajectory as cannabis was where the U.S. started to legalize it or decriminalize it. Mm-hmm. And then they moved into, they're kind of moving on that same path. So. Uh, incredible. And then obviously, I'm assuming Mexico is not illegal, or was this like a, were you being a real rebel? <laughs> well, I didn't know it was an illegal, he gave it to me. <laughs> yes. illegal there. It's not something that's caught, like, it's not a drug that's causing crime in Mexico, but, sure. um, but it's not technically legal. Okay, so now you've had this life-changing experience, you've come home, um, you've are you still using these mushrooms? Um, I'm not using them now. You don't really, once you have a full dose, you don't really need to use them. I have been trying to microdose. So that gives your, does different things for me, for you. Like people that are suffering from anxiety and things like that. It's good for that. But also, um, it's been shown to, for your brain to grow new neurons. Yes. So kind of using it for that reason. Um, okay, you said a key word here, microdosing. What does that mean? What is microdosing? Um, is it illegal as well? Uh, yeah, technically it's illegal. Okay. So yeah. We might have to cut this part out. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, we're leaving yeah. it in because it's really important. I think a lot of people I that I know even are microdosing right now. Um, what mm-hmm. What is it? So basically it's like you're just taking a small amount of psilocybin um, every few days and you're not getting the like perceptual diff- like changes you can still function in your everyday life it's just doing its work in your body interesting mm-hmm. 
So you work with Stay Wild Organics, which is like a medicinal mushroom. What's the difference between a medicinal mushroom and these psychedelics? Um, so medicinal mushrooms just support your immune system and um, your body function. They're considered adaptogens, but they don't have any of the psychedelic effects that psychedelic mushrooms have. So, so when you microdose a psychedelic, are you having psychedelic effects or not? Or is it kind of medicinal? No. It's, it, I guess it technically could be considered medicinal. Yeah. So you're not, you don't have the same effects as doing a full dose. Okay. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And since we're on the topic, tell me your thoughts on CBD. (laughs) What is, what is CBD? Like, what are your thoughts on CBD? Um, I mean, I don't know too much about it. Okay. I, I mean, I've researched it a little bit. It works on your cannabinoid system. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Um, I know it's great in anti-inflammatory, and there has been some, um, I know it's helpful. Like, for example, one of the patients that we're working with, with Saracil, he uses CBD. Um, it helps with his nausea um, and, uh, like, the, the side effects of his chemo treatment. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. And I have heard really good things about its effects with cancer. I don't know, however, um, if there's any studies that have been done at this point. So. Okay. I honestly could talk about this forever, but I do want to move on because you have so much more amazing things to share. Um, like your work right now as a nutritional or excuse me, a holistic nutritionist and fitness trainer. What what what's happening in your world? My world. Yes. Um. So I do nutrition coaching for people. So yes. I basically teach people how to eat properly. Okay. Without being on a diet, mm-hmm. and um, and just helping them change their habits. So yeah. So I still work with clients. Um. And then with fitness, I stepped away a little bit, but I was running boot camps and I was kind of integrating it with nutrition because I feel like they go hand in hand. For sure, yeah. Because most of the time, like 85% of your results are going to be what you're eating. So mm-hmm. um, so I do that. I do that as well. And, um, and then I just educate people on how food um, helps our body, supports our body, uh, kind of relieves symptoms of chronic illness. Um, and I do that with my blog that I write. Yes, The Nude Mushroom. It's a really good blog. I was browsing through it a lot over the last uh, few hours before we met on this call. Uh, okay, so one of the things you said earlier was you teach people how to eat without being on a diet. Now, I am on like this undiet kick. It is freeing me mentally. I have... Mm-hmm. I've recognized and realized a lot of the hard rules that I've had. And you know what? To be honest, they're not bad rules. The way I was eating and existing was not bad. What was bad was, or where I wanted to shift or was looking for a shift is in the um, suffering aspect, the mental stress and suffering that was going around breaking these rules or having to stick within a certain weight on the scale and fit into certain clothes or look a certain way and food, you know, over the last however many years of my life has really controlled my well-being. 
I'll just leave it at that. Can you speak to that? Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I feel like that is most people's issues, especially people that maybe have um, body image issues. Yes. They're stuck in this mind frame. It's very emotional. There is a connection with food that we have, whether it is when you're out in a social situation and you're just eating unconsciously just because it's like, oh, there's food around. Or if you're an emotional eater, you're using it to kind of like age your negative emotions or some people just don't eat at all. So there's like so many different sides to it. So I feel like what I try to do for people is to help them establish healthier habits Mm-hmm. in a very slow way that then it's like, well, I don't feel like I'm depriving myself. And then you kind of change the narrative that you have in your, in your brain about food as, on a, as a whole, right? So um, I think we get so caught up in this idea of like dieting and it's so unhealthy to have that mind frame and just to watch the scale all the time. I think a lot of it is just if you just incorporate the healthier foods into your diet and you're eating the right things and you're, you know, you're making sure you stick as close to nature as possible as, at all times and, and getting enough calories, I think that everything just kind of works itself out. Your body comes back into balance. So I kind of struggle with that because I think that a lot of diets have benefited me in a really great way. Like I felt amazing when I'm on them, Uh, Mm -hmm. but they're not sustainable. So Mm -hmm. I have done some really, really, really healthy, clean eating stints that lasted, you know, like some over a year. But then I just go back and binge the chips and the nibs and my faves Mm -hmm. and... That is the part that has been my biggest struggle. It's not the binging. It's the punishment, the mental punishment that I give myself and the body hatred because I just want to eat an entire bag of popcorn. Like, what is wrong with that? And I really like this philosophy that there's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) And just like letting go of the, of the, I don't know, of the stigma that there's good food and there's bad food. What are your thoughts on that? Good food versus bad food? I think that it's just about finding balance. Again, like bringing it back to that. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, when we do deprive ourselves, then we feel the urge to binge. Yeah. So if you are on a strict diet, then you're going to feel like you, you know, you're, you're going to reach for those, those things when you're at, in your weak moments. But if you integrate them into your life in a way that is within moderation. Yeah then I feel like it's just a healthier relationship overall with food. So it's not even like you're rewarding yourself. It's just that you are allowing it into your life, but you can keep it under control. And I think that having that control is very empowering. And I really like to work with people on that um, specifically to exercise control when maybe they've struggled with the binging or like doing a lot of really strict diets and then going off of them or falling off of them. And then they're kind of counterproductive at that point. Right. I don't know what phase I'm in right now, but I am certainly (laughs) enjoying food a lot more these days. And maybe even I'm at the phase where I'm starting to just level out. Like, 
I don't know what balance means. I think I've discovered that in 39 years, I have never been balanced when it comes to my eating. I've always had some sort of level of disordered eating, whether it's in the food that I'm eating or in the mental capacity that I hold towards food. Right. Yeah, I think I think you probably relate with a lot of people. I, I don't think you're alone on that. And I think that I've been able to help people overcome that aspect of okay. their struggle mm-hmm. by taking something that is like an unhealthy meal, but somehow recreating it to be more healthy. So you're, you know, so you're not, for example, like I'll just use an example, um, say like pasta, a pasta dish. Yeah. You can use, you can use like spaghetti squash instead. And then you don't really feel like you're, or there's also alternative pastas out there that might like have better health, you know, nutrients in them for you, like rice pastas or, Things like that, like just replacing those things that you love to eat with things that are a little bit more healthy for you will still make you feel satisfied. Mm. I don't know. That's kind of how we've. But what's wrong with the pasta? Why can't I eat the pasta? That's my question. If you really want to, you can eat it in moderation. I think that there is a place for everything. Okay. You know, like I do, but I think choosing something a little bit more healthy that maybe doesn't isn't full of like gluten, which is right. something that we're, our bodies are becoming very sensitive to, that I feel like that you'd be better off and it won't have the same systemic inflammatory effects. I hear you. I am a gluten-free person. I do have it every now and then, not as a treat, but just as a convenience thing. And by every now and then, I mean like maybe monthly, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and... But I'm, I'm just talking about, like, pasta in general. It's got a really bad reputation. I usually have rice pasta. I found these amazing gluten-free lasagna noodles. Like, oh, and they're so good. And I'm just cooking up a storm, loving everything. <laughs> and I, I, I feel like I, I actually, just by letting go of that, the thought of the rules, I, I feel like I've... I'm in a really, really, really great place. And I know, I know everyone's on their own journey and everyone sees food a little bit differently and they've experienced it differently. And this does not mean that having no food rules doesn't mean that I'm pigging out on every single thing every single day and like just eating chips for breakfast. I am definitely aware that my body, what my body needs and I'm, I'm fueling it. It just means that there's less pressure or, yeah, I don't know. For sure. And I think, too, like when you do it in a slow, instead of going to a diet or to a certain way of eating and changing your life completely and mm-hmm. your lifestyle, I think if you do it in a slow um, integration, like, for example, like the first week, you just start drinking water. Maybe you never yeah. drink water. And then that's your you know, then you've championed that and then you feel motivated into your second week and then you're like, okay, now let's try to like cut down on sugar, cut it out completely. And then, you know, you just slowly move through, we like set little goals for you and I move through things with you. And then what you find is you're like, oh my God, I did that and it wasn't hard. And then you're like, it's like climbing a mountain. It's like you, you just are taking one step at a time and then it's not overwhelming. You're not changing your whole Mm -hmm. entire life and your family life because that gets complicated 
And then you start to realize how good you feel. And then you get attached to this, the feeling of feeling good. And you're like, when I eat that food, I don't feel good. And when I eat this food, I feel really good. So you just kind of, then you start to realize what makes you feel good. You're connecting with your body. And then, and then it's like, you start to enjoy eating well. Yeah. And I think that's also a missing piece too, that people don't realize the, how food affects them. Like, their physical bodies. Not just mental. Like, they don't connect the dots like, oh, I ate this pasta dish and now I have explosive diarrhea. Or now I'm tired and I want to take a nap. Or whatever. So I think that's really important to have that intuitive aspect to eating and pay attention. (laughs) Like, it seems... so too, yeah. Yeah. Like, actually sitting down and chewing your food and thinking about what you're eating and I don't know, you can even take it as far as like, oh, look at this little seedling. Like, this is going to be my leaf of lettuce soon. Like, when Mm -hmm. you really think about how much, like, energy went into, like, growing food and Mm -hmm. how much, you know, and what you're eating and you connect with your food in a different way, it's just you have a different relationship with it. And I think that, unfortunately, because of, obviously, like, social media and all the diets out there that we've had this, like, negative um, narrative around eating, which is unfortunate. I love that. The little seedling. I love (laughs) that. It's true. We were doing that this year. We were gardening and we were talking to our seeds and planting them. It's like, I'm going to eat (laughs) you. It's true. And then when you think about how much time it takes just to grow like one head of lettuce yeah, and then, you know, like, and I just think you just have a different appreciation for food altogether. Okay, so I do, we are in pandemic time right now. Um, we're four months in at the time of this recording. Have you noticed some trends like with your clients or with people in your life, like that food has changed during this time or is it kind of always the same? Yeah, I feel like we've all gone through it. Like, I mean, I think that when we were in lockdown, there's some boredom going on and so mm-hmm. it's like, you're bored so you just reach for food or maybe you're missing the social interaction and so you're you're replacing it like food becomes your friends now yeah sure you know I'm gonna eat you little muffin like (laughs) and I'm gonna eat your friend too (laughs) I think that a lot of people got stuck just eating way too much and not being active okay um yeah so I, I have noticed the difference and I think that I think that it was also a coping mechanism for a lot of people who were really struggling with the mental effects of COVID. Oh yeah. So now we're kind of in the swing of things. Are, are you, do you think people are taking back their health or what's the, what's happening in the world of nutrition and pandemic? What has been the response? Because like there's still some people that are emotionally suffering here and they're mentally Mm -hmm. suffering. Um, I think it depends on the person, to be honest. Like, yeah. when I look at my clients, for example, some of them are like, this has actually been really good for me because I'm finally cooking for myself, where a lot of people would eat out or they're too busy to, you know, to, to make a meal for themselves. They're just always eating, take, grabbing fast food or eating at restaurants. And I think that when you have a little bit more control of, like, what goes into your meals, then mm-hmm. it's a little bit easier to um, just to be able to manage your your eating habits a little bit better so it could be that like I've seen that side of it and then I've seen the other extreme side of it where people are just emotionally eating and they're just like 
I'm depressed and, you know, this is really, like, sucks for me and, like, missing life. And then they go to the other side of it and eat way too much. So how do you, Tara Portelli, find balance in your day right now through all of this? What do you do to find balance? So I usually start my mornings before I even have a coffee. Just I try to meditate. I'm not very good at it, but like. Oh, come on. Give yourself some credit. That's so good. I love that. (laughs) Well, it's true. It's like my brain just goes everywhere. I'm like, can you bring it back? Come back to me. Yep. So I do try. I try to meditate in the mornings. And then, um, yeah, usually I'll just have a coffee and I get started into my work. Um, and then you usually try to break at some point and go do some type of physical something, whether it's, you know, if I don't have any energy that day, I'll just go for a walk or I'll roll for a run or work out or, you know, so I just try to make sure I do that. And then at, in like into the evening, I try to do something that um, kind of f- fuels my spirit a little bit. So I like to try to focus on whether it's like seeing a friend or reading something that's inspiring or you know, just kind of feeding that side of myself. And that's new for me. And that's been kind of part of my journey in the last two years. Um, But it's been really transformational and really helpful to keeping balance. Mm -hmm. And especially when you're like busy with work in your daily life. So, so in regards to this transformation that you've had, do you ever look back? Like all my experience? Do you ever get stuck thinking about those thoughts that happened before or have you started to heal that part of you and moved on? Yeah, I think I think you do still carry some some of your past with you, but I think that it's just you look at it in a different way. It gives you the opportunity to see those situations which you're that was part of your journey in a different way and maybe not seeing it the way that you used to see it. So just in a a way that gives you peace to it, puts peace to it. So good. So good. Mm. I love, I'm I'm fascinated when people do big shifts in their lives and where they are now and how things have evolved within side of them. I just, I've, we're going to have to, we're going to have to do one more show because we're wrapping this up right now. (laughs) But I do want to ask you one more question. What, what, does the world need more of? I think that the world needs more love. I That's the first word that comes to my mind. I just think that we have to accept the differences in each other and realize that everybody is on their own journey. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes the emotions, whether they're anger or sadness or you know, whatever behaviors are all because they're suffering in some way. And I think that we have to just, you know, be compassionate to that and realize that, you know, even the person who's panhandling on the street, like everybody has a story and everybody has a journey. And I think that we just have to stop judging people and start accepting them and trying to support them in, in their healing somehow, whether it's just having a conversation or, you know, just giving them a smile. Beautiful. Okay, so we can find you where? Where's the best place to find you? All the listeners want to know about psychedelics. They're going to be, you're going to, your inbox is going to be full of questions. I don't have any. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'll just say that right now. <laughs> um, so uh, my 
my Instagram is usually a great place to find me yeah. at Nude Mushroom. Okay. And then um, you can connect with me um, on my website as well. That's um, NudeMushroom.com. So those are usually where I hang out the most. I'm on Facebook as well. Um, you can find my The Nude Mushroom on there. So Amazing. Usually you all those platforms yeah i will definitely link to those in the show notes as well thank you so much for your time i love this i was very inspired i learned a lot of stuff and you are a fabulous woman and i will see you on the gram thank you <laughs> and this hopefully awesome. we need to meet in real life <laughs> one yeah, one day I think we'd be good friends. yeah me too one day <laughs> we'll do that <laughs> yeah, okay after covid's over <laughs> sounds good bye thank you Okay, bye. Oh, what a show. I want to give a huge thank you to my guest today, Tara Portelli. All of the links to find Tara will be in the show notes. So check those out, connect and stay connected. If you haven't done so yet, please head over to Apple Podcasts, hit that subscribe button, leave a five-star review and a written review. I love to read your comments. The more reviews, the better. Don't forget to take a screenshot, tag me and share on your social media as well. Thank you all so much for listening. Have the best day, everyone. Until next time.